Welcome to PJ's Torah Corner. Today we're going over Vayigash, which is the Parsha of the week, meaning the weekly portion of the five books of Moses with my friends MC and RS. This week, we're having our first ever guest on the show, RS. She'll ask questions in the second half, same as I usually do. As usual, we're going to mention Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Torah, and his explanation of some parts of this Torah portion. Before we jump into it, here are some Hebrew names for people mentioned in this Torah portion who you may already be familiar with. Yaakov, who is Jacob. Yosef, who is Joseph. Yehuda, who is Judah. Binyamin, who is Benjamin. And Paro, who is the Egyptian pharaoh. So sit back, relax, and learn something. Take it away, MC. Thank you, PJ. We had ended last week on a suspenseful note. Yosef, viceroy of Egypt, had hid his identity from his brothers and set up a situation where he threatened to take Binyamin as a slave to see if his brothers would come to Binyamin's aid and thus atone for their previous deeds. We begin this week's Parsha with Yehuda approaching Yosef forcefully but respectfully to argue for Binyamin's freedom. Yehuda explains that their father would not survive the loss of Binyamin and how, having personally vouched for Binyamin's safety, Yehuda would gladly take Binyamin's place as a slave. Yosef is overcome by emotion at this display and can no longer keep up the charade. He reveals his identity to his brothers. The brothers are shocked and overcome by shame for how they had mistreated Yosef. Yosef comforts his brothers, reassuring them that everything had been specifically divinely orchestrated so that Yosef can now provide for the entire family through the remaining years of famine. He asks that they bring Yaakov down to Egypt with them. Yosef and Benjamin embrace and they cry on each other's necks. Yosef then embraces other, bro other brothers and cries. Paro hears the news and instructs Yosef to bring his entire family and all their property down to Egypt to settle there. He sends wagons to help bring the women and children along. Yosef sends off his brothers with food, clothes, and lavish gifts for their father. The brothers tell Yaakov that Yosef is still alive. Yaakov at first is unable to believe it, but once the reality sets in, he is overjoyed. Yaakov is excited to go see his son, but at the same time is reluctant to leave the land of Israel. God thus promises to accompany Yaakov in Egypt. The whole family then travels down to Egypt. The Torah lists the name of everyone in the family who ends up there, a total of 70 people. Yehuda goes down ahead of everyone else to help prepare their accommodations, and according to Rashi, establish a house of study there. Yosef reunites with his father. This is the first time they've seen each other in 22 years, and Yosef cries profusely. Yaakov says that now he can finally die in peace, having seen his son again. Yosef presents a few of his brothers before Paro. They introduce themselves as shepherds, which is considered a repulsive occupation in Egyptian society, and they get permission to settle in the land of Goshen. Yosef also presents his father before Paro, and Yaakov blesses Paro. Rashi tells us that Yaakov blesses Paro that the Nile should always rise to his feet. This then came true, making the soil start to become fertile again even during the remainder of the famine. Yosef then sells his family in the land of Goshen. The famine continues to rage, and the Egyptians spend all of their money and then sell off all their livestock to buy food. Having nothing left to sell, the people agree to sell all of their land to Paro in exchange for seeds to plant for the following year. Paro thus acquires all the farmland in the country except for the land belonging to the Egyptian priests. Yosef spreads and relocates the peasantry throughout the country and provides them with seeds. The peasants agree to work the land and in exchange pay a fifth of their produce as a tax to Paro. The Parsha ends with Yaakov's entire family settled in the land of Goshen, where they become extremely prosperous. Question time. Go ahead, R.S. So I guess the first question that I have 
really is that um, right now. Um, when Jacob went to Egypt with his sons, with all the souls, um, where did he get the promise from that um, to not go down to Egypt because he'd make a great nation there? To not go down to Egypt. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so here he's actually encouraged to continue and go into to Egypt. So, I mean, we did see with in the case of with one of the forefathers being told not to go into Egypt, we saw in the case of Avraham. Oh, yeah, with Avraham, there was with one of the famines that was in the land. Um, he was intending to go down to Egypt, but God told him specifically not to go down there. Um, they, I mean, I guess we all, I mean, we see also in the case of Isaac, where he's also specifically is told to never leave the land. I mean, when, when there's a famine mm -hmm. during Isaac's lifetime, he's told to stay within the, uh, the borders of the land. Um, J Jacob, Yaakov, he's a very different kind of, kind of what he's meant to do during his lifetime is a, he's really kind of meant to kind of go outside. I mean, he, he spends all these years uh, outside the land with his uncle in, in, in Aram and then here now he's he's being told he's actually he's being told now to go down to Egypt to really be able to kind of fulfill this next chapter of kind of the the, the beginning of the Jewish people um so I think yeah the, the you're you're right that like you know that there's definitely the 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 goal is obviously to be in the land that's where they're going to become great but I, I hear he's he's really being told that that going down to Egypt and staying there is, is the kind of the next step in the, the plan, I guess. All right. So I guess the next question is that, um, and this might be covered in next week's part, so I'm not sure. Um, he gets all the wealth of Egypt by selling all the food and seed during the famine. Right. And then the family gives um, his family the, fertile country of the Goshen and yeah. they start prospering in the Egyptian exile. Where does that loyalty go? Because obviously like in probably like the next couple parshas, like as we get closer to Pesach, you know, the Jews become slaves at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess we see that, you know, during their, you know, during their, their lifetimes, the original people, you know, the, that loyalty is still very much there. But uh, I guess once the, the, it doesn't last very long. I mean, once we get the next yeah. generation and then, then, yeah, the last of them then die off, they, they, mm -hmm. that's, that's all just kind of forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so actually there's an interesting detail there that the, the, the slavery did not begin until Levi passed. And I think Levi was the last of his brothers. Yeah. Huh. So when it says that not until like the last of them had passed away, it really meant mm -hmm. like the very last one. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. 
That's interesting. So uh, RS, so did you have another question? Uh, yeah, um, I was looking at the Parsha earlier um, and Jacob says that it was not you who sent me here, but God, it's been ordained from above to save us and the entire region from famine. Is that because he's um, selling food and seed during the famine, or is it something else that is planned later? Or so I think. I think yeah, it's really that he's the, now the one to be able to sell the, the the food and seed during the famine. I think that, that I think that's the that's what it's really is meant by that. Hmm. So wasn't there? So uh, so wasn't there? There was something else that that I was thinking about. Wasn't there something about about at the beginning of the parsha when Yehuda approaches Yosef that that he he approaches him forcefully and uses forceful words, right? Yeah. Right. Did you like? Uh, So, I, I mean, on that topic, like, are, are there any more details in the text of, like, of exactly, like, like, where Yehuda was coming from? Like, like, where did his, like, where did his assertive, uh, I guess assertiveness is the wrong word, but wh where did that, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if in, in last week's Parsha, we saw that Yehuda had specifically swore that he was going to be the one to vouch for for Binyamin's safety, he he even swears that if if anything were to have Binyamin, he would forfeit his his place in the world to come, and he would really mm -hmm. he would he he really staked everything on Binyamin's protection, um, mm -hmm. and that's really I think that's there's a really a big part of that. I mean, we see it's it's very interesting because there's there's this kind of this the the, the, the way he speaks and the, the language there is it's very it's very respectful it's very it's very it's it's very respectful but the, there's like the force within those words is there he even says at the beginning you know he, he's referring to himself in his very humble terms but at the same time there's there's the force there he says in the very beginning like he says something lines of don't don't let don't be angered by what I'm about what your your servant is about to say. And I mean Rashi says over here that this kind of points that he's going to be speaking these words that are ultimately have a, have some harshness behind them. Um, and really, it's 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 interesting. This word like this word for approaching vayigash, it it has kind of multi, it has kind of these different connotations to it. There's vayigash has a connotation of of like to to approach like to plead. But there's also mean it can also mean like to approach like in battle. Um, huh. I think I'm trying to remember if this is the same word we saw with when during when when, when God wants to destroy the city of Sodom and Abraham approaches uh, approaches God to 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 argue for the the city. I I'm trying to remember if it uses that same word. Um, if so, I think that that let's see. Let me think. Is it that the same word? Uh, yes, it used that same word, vayigash. Wow. Yeah, and so there, there's really kind of there's this there's 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 force behind that. I mean, he's really he's trying. He, this is everything. If he if 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 this goes wrong, I mean, if Binyamin is taken, it, it's the end for him. Him, it's the end for Yaakov. 
Yaakov wouldn't be able to survive if he were to to, to hear that something would happen to Binyamin. Wow. Um, it would be it would be terrible. I mean, and it's it's really there's 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 like a there's a there's really almost like a uh, this this con there's really this this is like the, the kind of the crux of the conflict over here. We really kind of see it come to a head. And I mean, a lot of the commentators talk about the fact how this kind of conflict between you know y- Yosef and Yehuda, or, or really Yosef and the other brothers, this is something that then kind of echoes all throughout many in many other places just throughout like later history with with the Jewish people. I mean, we see it kind of with. I mean, it, it comes up. I mean, we see in the. I mean, the the Haftarah that's read this week. It talks about how there's the there's these kind of the division between like Yo- Yosef and Yehuda and how the you know God is going to eventually bring those two together. We see with the the division of the two kingdoms of of, of Yehuda and Yisrael, with Yisrael being the other ten tribes, and it's really. And the, I mean, the Lubavitcher Rebbe kind of goes into this kind of this idea of the conflict between Yosef and Yehuda. It's interesting. He kind of says that they they kind of embody two very different modes of kind of of serving God. Um, hmm. He points out the fact how Yosef is very much about using the you know entering into the world and really using all the resources available within the world to be able to 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 really work them into serving the serving God. I mean, we see that as Yosef's position, taking his place, you know, as the statesman, rule, you know, in charge of this the, the entire country here, feeding an entire nation, um, and yet he still, you know, manages to maintain his kind of his spiritual, his, the spiritual level that he's at. Um, whereas the the the, the, bro- the other brothers, I mean, exemplified here by Yehuda, rep- I mean, they're, they're shepherds by they're shepherds by by trade. Their their whole thing is they with they retreat and they withdraw and they're able to go on this level where they're able to really and totally immerse themselves in 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 meditation and into 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 divine service in a way that's that's very different and ultimately i mean i mean yak i mean jacob yakov really favored yosef's here you know in the way he kind of favors yosef because that's really a necessary kind of in the way the world is now like it's a very necessary way to be that we we as a, you know we need to be able to go out into the world and be able to face it and be able to to uh to be able to work with what what's around us and that's a very important kind of spiritual spiritual um spiritual heritage that that's given to us i mean that that being said there is obviously a very there there is a i mean the service of of, of that's embodied by yehuda is also very important um I mean, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, see that we there there needs to be kind of there there needs to be kind of the that union between them, and we we see that there there's there's a conflict here, but ultimately it comes out that they're able to resolve their they're able to resolve it for now, um, and we hear and we we see that although now kind of in in the world where things are where you have to really kind of go and really face fa- you know face kind of the external, I know that's kind of the paradigm now, but I mean, the, we will, you know, when when Mashiach comes, there'll be much more. There'll be more room to be able to kind of take on that the the, the kind of the service of Yehuda, and we see kind of the fact that Mashiach is going to come from Yehuda. There, there's really a lot going on there. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. 
going to have to look into that my, <laughs> myself. Um, all right. Yeah, so this has been great, MCNRS. Thanks, MC, for learning the weekly partial to do this. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, and thanks, RS, for joining us tonight and your questions. No problem. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. This has been PJ's Torah Corner. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.